0: Hello and welcome back to Teach, the podcast about teaching and learning in South Australia. My name's Dale Atkinson from the Department for Education and today I'm joined by Roy Page who is Principal at Heathfield High School for a bit of an informal chat about the year in review. Correct me if I'm wrong on any of these details, Roy, but it's
1: what, about 800, 900 students, about 90 staff? Yeah, that's right. And we'll expand to about 1,050 next year with the Year 7s coming into high school. It's a pretty exciting time. So
0: we're just talking to one of the leaders just about what it's like to be a leader in a public school and just look back on some of the things that have been achieved and look ahead at what's what's being planned for 2022. Just the first question, 2021 was supposed to get easier after 2020, right? What happened to that?
1: Well, look, you know, it's that ever-changing pandemic called COVID. And of course, For us, a lot of anticipation about new building works. We, of course, started the year with the infamous falling crane. So it went from a high to a low quite early in the year. But there's been lots of things to celebrate and I look forward to getting into those through this conversation. You touched on the building
0: works, but let's talk a little bit about the complexity
1: of the school that you lead. So you've got
0: 800, 900 students, you're going up to 1,000 next year. 90 staff, you've got nine VET subject areas, you've got a $13 million capital works project underway. As the leader of all of those various different strands, how do you stay across it all?
1: You've got to be able to have a strong team around you and trust, I guess, the delegation of your leadership structure to be able to carry out really important functions. And with their support and having really clear, I guess, vision and school improvement planning processes in place, it's that support that enables you to keep across it because if you didn't have that, it would be extremely difficult to keep across it all. So at the start of 2021, what were the goals that you set yourself as a school and as the leadership group? Well, we're always about building the capacity of everyone in the site. And so from a curriculum perspective, that was about really trying to engage with the curriculum resources from the DfE this year and trying to incorporate those into what were our existing unit plans, taking the best from the DfE and adding value to what we already did. And then I think also... We've had a really long term focus now for the last three years on high grade achievement. So Heathfield's a category seven school, and our community, rightly so, has really high expectations on us, and we have therefore high expectations on ourselves and the students to meet their potential. And so meeting that potential really looks like using VET as a pathway. Students this year, 14 of them got apprenticeships before the end of the year, which was our highest ever. And then we're on track to probably get our best SACE results ever. And and so we're really excited by that and we're excited that our curriculum, but also our pathway conversations with students, led by leaders and home group teachers, is really supporting students to make the right choices on pathways earlier. And we're starting to see dividends from that in terms of first choice university entry or out to work when into a pathway that there's passion within, and then that success that we're seeing within apprenticeships from school. At the time of recording, we're a couple of weeks away from those
0: safe results coming through, which you have referenced there. What have been the challenges about, particularly in that senior secondary, keeping the, the kids on track in the kind of COVID setting that we've had in the last 2 years now.
1: I've been really impressed with the resilience of the students because we hear a lot of airplay around young people not having resilience and what I my observation in the last 18 months is that our students have had bucket loads of resilience and have been I guess in partnership with us around raising any concerns that they might have around the external environment and how that might impact on their learning. So, you know, for example, once the crane fell over, there were Year 12 classes in corridors, in halls, in in outdoor areas. And, you know, they, they put up with that for, for three to four weeks and were really on board with the school, going through the right channels to say, hey, look, you know, this is working for us, but this isn't, what can you do to help us out? And so well, I was really impressed with that maturity and the fact that they still had the focus even though they might have been unsure of what it meant for their future, there still was a focus on the future and doing well. So I guess there's a correlation
0: there between like the key skills, I guess, of leadership and what you're trying to build in, in your students, which is adaptability and resilience. Is that right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think student leadership is really important and the school has a long history of that through its big brother big sister program where we have 48 students from year 11 and 12 who sit next year in year seven and eight home groups for the full year and they're working through with the younger students around the challenges of going through a secondary school and what they need to do to build that character and each year those year 11 and 12 students put their hand up and apply to become a big brother, big sister, cascading that experience down and building the capacity of the student body over time. And how's that going to continue when you introduce your year 7s into
0: high school next yeah, year? Yeah, so
1: we've just expanded the program. So instead of having what would have been 25 big brother, big sisters, next year we've got 48. And we actually had more people applying for those roles than we we needed to play. So, and so I guess there's a, a legacy of giving back to the community that's built into the culture of the school, which is fantastic.
0: Yeah, I guess it's also about sort of more rounded development of your students as well. So you've got the academic pathways,
1: but you're also trying to make them good corporate citizens. Absolutely, and I think one of the real successes and highs of this year has been the development of student leadership through a range of different avenues. So we've been partnered with Melbourne University, SASPA and a cross-sector project, and Learning Creates Australia on how do you actually improve student agency across a school site. And the partnerships with other schools, we've worked with Glenunga and looking at their excellent work on a learner profile register. We've tapped into work that was done at Craigmore High School some years ago on building student agency around curriculum and assessment. And so we've taken the good 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 work from other schools and really tried to use that to inform what that means for us and how we're going to use that. And that's been really successful. And I think one of the things that we've been asking through these pilot projects, particularly around the development of student capabilities, is if we get that right, then the sense of belonging in school increases. The achievement is there, but we then end up now with a a well-rounded situation. And I wouldn't say it's embedded yet, but we're getting close to it. Yeah, it's really
0: exciting stuff. You, you spoke a little bit earlier about the thirty million capital works project that's going on at, at your site. Has managing or helping to manage those big projects, has that been an area of personal development for you as a leader?
1: Absolutely. You know, it was an opportunity to upskill other leaders in the school, particularly the business leader who took on a, a real project management role. And that's been challenging for all of us because there are a lot of moving parts and knowing the responsibility and accountability for where certain decisions lie and who you can influence in that situation has been an ongoing challenge. So, do you think you've
0: deepened your understanding of how the departmental systems have worked for you as a leader?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the support there from whether it's Capital Works or Year 7 transition to high school, there's always been people monitoring behind the scenes and getting on the phone or setting up meetings to try and assist when it could seem that things, you know, particularly during the crane incident, could be unpacked or, you know, support could have been provided to the school.
0: So one of the things you've been doing this year alongside a very big leadership role in a very sizable school is working a day a week in central office, helping to shape the policy and providing sort of frontline experience to the decision-making process here at 31 Flinders. What have you learned from that experience and what value do you think you've added through that?
1: What I've learnt is that our system is massive and that creating change systemically is very complex work and if it was easy, we would have done it, you know, yesterday. And so understanding how every person within Flinders Street has the same aspiration and vision as we do in schools, and we all want that vision of a world-class education for all our kids, that, you know, any student going to school in South Australia has got as good an education or if not better than anywhere else. So I think that that's something that I've learned is that the centre has the same and is driving that, that aspiration and everyone working here has that vision as well. So the value then of being a part of the reform coordination team, I think, has been to just provide a, a school-based lens to how we maybe receive information or process policy ideas that come into schools and how we might interpret something or how it could be packaged differently to support implementation in schools. I think one of the things that Chief Executive Rick talks
0: about a lot is increasing the kind of permeability in in central office with, I guess, a greater sharing and shifting of roles and relationships with schools and and people moving in between the two. The experience that you've had, is that something you would recommend to other leaders and and teachers to come in and get a sense and and provide their experience internally?
1: Yeah, I think it's an absolute value add that we can all have. And there are lots of different places that teachers and leaders could do that you know so you've got the the full range of roles that we have within schools could be influenced certainly in the center and, and taken back into schools and i know that there's certainly an appetite for that model of people coming into the center doing a bit of work and then going back into schools to try and take that permeability or which is really information sharing backwards and forwards into school because obviously any change that is systemic by the time it's embedded in schools can take a while and any action or strategy that can kind of shorten that time frame for the benefit of students is obviously a good idea. Yeah, an incredible yeah. experience.
0: And it, speaking to you has been very mutually beneficial, I think. A bit of a change of gear. You got any advice for educators in terms of how they unwind or should unwind over the holidays coming up?
1: Yep, turn your emails off. Make sure you put the out-of-office reply. I know a lot of people do that. Personally, I find unless I go away... It's really hard to to switch off, which now that we've got open borders, that time to actually leave the area, so to speak, so that you're out of contact in a different complete physical context certainly helps me to unwind. I find that unless I go on a holiday somewhere, I, I find it hard to actually switch off. So that will be my plan over the holidays. I think it's probably double for you. You're also married to a principal, which I think begs the question, when do you two actually get to see each other? generally between 7.30 after the kids go to bed and 10.30 on the couch where we both have our laptops continuing to, generally we don't, we're not working because you're not very productive at that time, but it's usually talking about things that have gone on in the school day and... Now, how would you do this? How would you do that? But, yeah, it's generally that time there, just between the witching hour of 7.30 to 10.30 at night. I think you both probably deserve a bit of time away somewhere very different. And this is an ambitious question
0: to ask a father of small children. But what, if anything, have you got on your holiday reading list
1: this year? That's a good question. I was looking at Steven Pinker's book, which I've got for a while, which is I think called Enlightenment which is basically, it's been on my list for a couple of years, but there's a lot of statistical analysis in there saying that actually today's time is the best time to have ever lived in history. And given that we, I think at times at the moment, have a quite pessimistic view of the future, this book provides quite a lot of counter-arguments to that, which I think is really important as a school leader to be, I guess, optimistic for the future, both for young people and for our colleagues. It's probably never been a better time to have some sort of Reinforce optimistic messaging. Yeah, well, absolutely, because it was something that I ended the Year 12 graduation talk on a couple of years ago when COVID was just coming out was actually, guys, you know, you've got to understand that the media that's going on around, and we tend to pick the most negative stories. Actually, there's lots of positive stuff going on, and it's about paying attention to that as well. Is that going to be the same message to the kids this year? It was, um, and it was also that being a young person in South Australia, there is lots of opportunity. The other message was refine the uniqueness within yourself, that whatever your result says about you, it was just, I guess, a reflection of a point in time achievement. It's not you as a Individual, but more around their experience over the last five years and how they improve their ability to think, relate to others is actually going to have a much bigger impact on their future than their eight are. I think there's something in that for all of us. Roy Page, thank you very much for your time. No worries, thanks very much for asking.